everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast. This is Emily. And this is Rachel. We're doing an OG-style episode because we are in the same room. (laughs) So if our audio sucks... (laughs) That's why you know. uh, Some things beyond our control. So uh, we decided to do it old-school style. We decided to do it together. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is our 200th episode. And we wanted to do something special because not only is this our 200th episode... We have been K-pop fans for 10 years. <laughs> this year is 10 years. <laughs> I know, we're so old. So old. <laughs> this isn't going to be super structured, just our thoughts on our beginning in K-pop in late 2010, early 2011, until now, you know, mid-2021. Um, a lot has changed, but a lot has remained the same. Mm-hmm. Why don't we give, like, a brief story of how we got into K-pop? If you're new and you've never heard this story before, here's the story of Emily and Rachel discovering K-pop. <laughs> so uh, we, we went to an anime convention. Rachel and I had just become friends. We decided to go to ShadowCon with the anime club that we were in, Gator Anime. And we went to this panel that was, like, a dance showcase. I don't even remember why we went. I think because our friend Tina was like, we should go. Mm -hmm. And we were both like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And one group did like a dance cover to Chew by FX. And I'm like, what is this? (laughs) I must know. What is that song? And our friend Tina was like, oh, that's uh, FX. They're a Korean pop band. And I was like, huh, Korean pop music. In middle school and high school, I had, like, J-Rock and J-Pop, so I was like, oh, it must just be like that. Mm -hmm. That weekend, we ended up going to other K-pop panels and learning more about it and then watching the Chu music video, like, 20 times. (laughs) It was more than 20 times. I remember someone's laptop opened and we just had it on repeat. Yeah. (laughs) A core memory. Just us imprinting on Amber. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we listened to Chew the entire time we were getting ready for a con rave. <laughs> yeah, we were we were very into it. Since then, we just got more into it and looked up more music on YouTube and fell down the very deep rabbit hole of K-pop. Yes. And now we're uh, geriatric K-pop fans. Yes, we are. <laughs> Roll out the walkers, here we come. I know. <laughs> Back then, it was second-generation K-pop. First-generation K-pop was, like, 90s. Mm -hmm. And when I say 90s, I mean 90s. Look up a band called H.O.T., and all of your questions will be answered on what the aesthetic (laughs) was. Yes, yes. About the time we got into it, I remember the the sound being a lot more Mm R&B-influenced. I think of Shiny's music, you know, off the Replay album, and Girls' Generation was doing a lot of, like, bubblegum pop. And then, (laughs) after we had been in it for, like, a year and a half, dubstep became very popular. Oh, God. Every single one had a dubstep breakdown. Every single one. I remember it got to the point where me and Emily were just like, I would love this song if there wasn't a fucking dubstep breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. And even some beautiful people on YouTube would make versions of the song that cut out the dubstep breakdown. It was a dark time. Brave Sound was producing a lot of the music back then. Mm-hmm. 
they're still producing music. They have Brave Girls, who went viral not that long ago. I swear to God, every every song started with, it's Brave Sound. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's going to be a banger, because they did make really good music. They were great producers. Yeah, the time we learned that dance uh, for one of Nick's drag shows, the Hello Venus one. Oh, yeah, I'm ill. Oh, my God. It's Brave Sound. Drop it. It's like stuck in my head because that's the beginning of that song. Yes, Brave Sound. Yeah, Brave Sound. H E L L O Venus. I feel like now EDM is a very heavy influence for K pop. Past five years, definitely. And it's not even like rave music. No. I feel like rave stuff and like drum and bass is different from EDM, but there have been a few people who have seriously taken techno rave drum and bass music influences, mm-hmm. like Hyoyeon, um, and I love that shit, but I would say EDM is like the primary influence for the pop music now. Also, not necessarily trap music, but trap drum beats. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even happy pop music has like a trap drum beat. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that that's a pretty recent trend. That's a 2021 trend, I would say, is that it definitely has that kind of every single song. It used to only be some songs, but every single song now has to have like a catchy as fuck mm-hmm. beat in the background, even if it's just like your run of the mill like pop song. Nowadays, K-pop artists are collabing with non-Korean artists more than ever. A while ago, we had done our predictions, and I was like, there's going to be Spanish-language collaborations. Mm -hmm. And we were right, because there have definitely been Spanish-language collaborations with Card, with Chung Ha, Mm -hmm. with Monsta X. Mm -hmm. So not only are they doing that, but they're also collabing with English-speaking artists Mm -hmm. as well. You know, Thutmose with ACE. Steve Aoki has done a lot of stuff. You know, he's like a DJ, but I would still consider him part of the Western music scene. Yeah, I would consider him more part of the United States music scene than anything else. Charlie XCX collabed with BTS. It's happening more and more, and that is because more people know about K-pop now than they did back then. Yes, so much more. If I told someone in 2011 that I liked K-pop, I would have to explain myself. Yeah. Whereas if I tell someone I like K-pop in 2021, unless I'm talking to like a boomer, I don't have to explain myself. They're like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) How is is the BTS McDonald's meal? (laughs) Their reactions haven't changed, but (laughs) at least they know now. McDonald's had a BTS collab in the United States. Like that is insane. I remember when Gangnam Style went viral and you started hearing it on the radio and I almost crashed my car when I heard it for the first time. I was on UF campus. Oh my god. (laughs) Near Rawlings Garage and I almost crashed it. That made people a lot more aware of K-pop. Yes. But I feel like it also warped their perceptions on what K-pop was Mm -hmm. as goofy dance music. Yeah, over the top in a silly way. When K-pop is over the top all the time. And sometimes in a silly way, too. But a lot of it is just over the top. (laughs) Um, And it's not silly. They take themselves very seriously. And it is serious. So It's serious talent and artistry, you know? Mm -hmm. Gangnam Style is a fucking banger. Separate it from the music video, it is an amazing song. Mm -hmm. With the music video, it's an even more amazing song. 
And I feel like people really hated it because it went viral and got everywhere. Yeah. I used to listen to like terrestrial radio. And I remember driving in my car and in the morning, the morning zoo radio people were like making fun of Psy and like, is this really what people want to listen to now? And I was just like, okay, racists. First of all. Number one. Yeah. (laughs) First of all. You know, the Macarena is a Spanish language song, and that was like a number one hit in the 90s. Non-English songs have always been hits in the United States. But because this guy is like, has a goofy music video, suddenly he can't be a serious artist. Also, I'm about to drop a truth bomb on y'all because I have become edumacated because I watched This Is Pop on Netflix, and all of your pop songs from like the thousands, early thousands, those were all produced and continue to be produced by Swedish people. Yep. Okay, Americans are not producing the music that you like. So get over yourselves and accept that music is a collaborative effort from many countries and you can like music in different languages and it's possible for all those things to be popular. Music is multicultural, multi-genre. Music literally transcends language. Yeah. <laughs> Abba supremacy. <laughs> Yes. The Ava supremacy, yes. The legacy of Ava, yeah. <laughs> so back then, I felt like there were quite a few groups, but only a couple of very popular ones. Nowadays, the market is so saturated with groups. There's so many. More come out every month. And we listen to them, mm-hmm. but I am hard-pressed to name individual members of groups now. Oh, yeah. It's very hard. I wouldn't know unless I looked it up, honestly. And I feel like it's kind of like, (laughs) it's kind of like when a flower produces like so much pollen in hopes that one thing will become a flowering plant. That's what it feels like to me. And it just feels ickier than Mm. before. Because you know that so many of those groups are not going to make it. They're going to fizzle out. And the people that are in those groups, their dreams are, will not be fulfilled. And it sucks. <laughs> I feel like now the life cycle of a lot of groups that come out are extremely short. Like they last a year, maybe two tops. If they aren't releasing a successful album, they're done. I also feel like there's more solo artists releasing music now than before because they're all from former second gen groups yes. or mm-hmm. or third gen groups that have broken up mm-hmm. and they've made solo careers and good for them. I feel like girl groups also die much more frequently than boy groups. Yeah, I agree with that. It feels like there's almost a, like a 10 year expiration date for all girl groups um, starting in second gen. That as soon as they hit that anniversary, they are just done. Yeah. I also feel like the trend has been, honestly, with smaller groups too, relatively. Yeah. You're seeing less 12, 15 member girl groups and you're seeing more of a modest, for K-pop anyways, like nine, seven member groups, five member groups. I prefer a three member group. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, the sweet spot is like between three and five members. (laughs) Yeah. If you go more than that, it's someone's getting left in the shadows. You're forgetting someone's name. I wish that that would catch up with K-pop a little bit faster, that you don't have to have these huge groups. And a lot of the times trying to cater like a member to specific segments of your audience is detrimental because sometimes that segment of the audience doesn't exist or doesn't know that 
they're meant for this member yeah. of the group. So <laughs> the latest group to debut with a ton of members was Luna and they have mm. 13 members, which is a lot. I mean, that's what Super Junior originally had. But not every group has to be AKB48. True. I also feel like Luna did a good job with debuting their members slowly over time and letting hype build. Mm -hmm. Also spending a lot of time giving the members very distinctive personalities, colors, etc. And then grouping them within the bigger group. All that helps with a larger group. But in general, most groups like that are not successful (laughs) in doing that. So, video trends... Back then, there was a lot of box sets, and they have not gone away. Nope. (laughs) I feel like a vast majority of the videos were dancing in a box set, was looking good. You were probably wearing a lot of bronzer. Nowadays, you're dancing in a box set, looking stylish, with CGI. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Budgets have definitely increased, though. Yes, I agree. I I mean, you can even tell on the box sets. Like, the box sets used to be really sad (laughs) and now the box sets have like life well i don't know if they're alive but like flowers and like more elements and lighting and they're trying to do things with camera angles to make it more exciting than just like man dances in box set with circle and square painted the same color as the background (laughs) just watch exo's early videos and you will know what we are talking about uh now English subtitles are readily available. Most of the time they are embedded or you can turn on the little YouTube CC and it will pop right up. That is such a godsend. I love watching it, knowing what the lyrics mean because my Korean Mm -hmm. is nowhere near fluent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just remember back then, like listening to something and then trying to look up the lyrics and and thinking, I don't know if this has been translated correctly. This is kind of weird. But when, you know, the companies give you the official translation, Mm -hmm. that's very helpful. I agree. Not every video does this now, but I would say more are doing it now than have ever before. Yeah. And we appreciate it. I also feel like lyric videos that signify like this member is singing now, this member is singing now, now they're all singing, as well as like choreo videos that are like strictly them dancing are available like... Within like four hours of the music video releasing, which is insane, but K-pop stands, mm-hmm. as we all know, are a little insane, but that's okay. I really like it because sometimes if a group has a lot of members, you cannot distinguish their voices all that well. No. And not every group can be shiny with four distinct voices. Yeah, that's <laughs> But working true. together in such beautiful harmony. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Things that have changed a little bit conceptually with music videos and music itself from 2011 to 2021 is that in the past when we first started getting into k-pop the girl groups pretty much fell into the bubblegum and sweet aesthetic for the most part or they did more of like a girl next door a little funky like fx type of vibe now in 2021 i would say that girl groups are pretty much strictly falling into like dramatic ballads or like in your face rap heavy black pink-esque styles or they're doing like a very high energy like edm-esque music whereas in the past you wouldn't have seen that as frequently they're overall like a softer image 
I feel like there was such a trend for sexy concepts and that has fallen off completely. Yeah, like they're still like, I'm hot, but it's not like, it's not as male gazy. No, I feel like there's definitely more of a girl power Mm -hmm. vibe to it. I remember watching Stellar's vibrato music video and being like, is this allowed? (laughs) (laughs) Or watching like a video from Laisha or something. But Mm -hmm. all of the like super sexy concepts have gone out the window. I feel like it's either look at us be amazing or look at us party. They're really angling for you are our friend. Let's have fun together kind of vibe. Right. Or, like, come join our gang and we'll punch people in the face. Yeah. After all, they are the winner, winner, winner. (laughs) Chicken dinner. Chicken dinner. Similarly with boy groups, I feel like they've remained fairly consistent over the years. Like, they pretty much sound in the same area. Mm -hmm. But there's even more rap now. I feel like rap has just become more and more popular with boy groups. And I feel like they're starting to push the boundaries of gender expression in the music videos. They've always worn makeup, but like glittery makeup, obvious makeup, earrings, and even more feminine clothing, like Taman's fucking crop top and me. The best. (laughs) She has to take a sip of water. (laughs) I'm thirsty. (laughs) I feel like there's definitely more androgynous styling going on. And in fashion in general, I feel like there are more androgynous trends. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Colored hair. Yeah. Oh my god. That is such a thing now that really yes. wasn't back then. Yeah. I remember Sunny from Girls' Generation had like teal hair. And I was like, oh wow, that's so cool. And then T.O.P. had like ice blue hair. But mm-hmm. that was kind of it for the, our radar. Mm-hmm. And then what? Like 2018, everyone has fantasy color hair. Yeah, and it's not just, like, one member has crazy hair now. It's, like, more members have colored hair than don't have colored hair. Do you remember that phase when, like, there was always someone with platinum blonde hair? Mm Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine the breakage. (laughs) Yeah. Tough to maintain, for sure. I feel like nowadays, also, wigs Mm -hmm. are more used. They should have just used blonde wigs. Yeah. In my humble opinion. (laughs) Get yourself a nice lace front wig. Wig technology has definitely improved since 2011. Wignology, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Your e-wig technology. (laughs) So let's touch on the social impact one more time. Because we didn't really go into depth about that. Yeah, I mean, BTS McDonald's meals, crazy. I know, right? I never would have expected that. Collaborations like that with big corporations that are mainly U.S.-based or at least started in the U.S., that is a very new thing, and I would not have expected that when we first started getting to K-pop. Like, in 2011, most people, like, only knew about, like, Rain because he was not only a K-pop person, but he was also an actor. So if you watched, like... Ninja Assassin. Ninja Assassin. You knew who Rain was. And if you watched Stephen Colbert, you (laughs) you knew who Rain was, at least from that one episode. But after that, it was like silence. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if there was it, there happened to be like a K-pop group or artist on TV. It was very fleeting and people thought it was like this very unique, bizarre thing. And then Psy came onto the scene with Gangnam Style. And we've said this before, but that changed everything. Literally. It was... 
not even a cultural reset. It was like a cultural genesis. Psy exploded onto the scene and Gangnam Style being played on the radio multiple times a day, every day for weeks. <laughs> weeks! Really let the whole public know, uh, this is fucking K-pop. <laughs> and here it is. And there's a bunch of shit you never knew about it if you cared to do any research at all into Psy, Gangnam Style, or K-pop in general. I remember when BTS started becoming popular in the United mm-hmm. States. And I started hearing their songs on the radio, and I had the same reaction. I almost crashed my car. Yeah. Nowadays, if I hear a BTS song on the radio, I'm just like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, like, I heard Butter yesterday when I was listening to the radio, and I was like, this song is so good. And then it was like, smooth like butter. And I was like, ah, it's these bitches. Cool. (laughs) Well, it's been number one on the Hot 100 for, like, five weeks. Yeah, I mean, BTS stands. They're powerful. (laughs) Army rise up. Army rise up. And yeah. they, they have risen. I even tried I even tried the, the nugget sauce, y'all. I couldn't get the BTS meal because they were sold out at McDonald's. But they said they had the nuggets and they had some sauce for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the nuggets with the chili sauce and it was pretty good. So Back before BTS and even before Psy, I remember Wonder Girls had a song with mm-hmm. Akon. I think it was called like Money. Yes. It's like, love me like money. Yeah. That song. And that was on the radio. And I was like, oh my God, it's finally happening. And then it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then it fizzled out. Yeah. yeah. But after Gangnam Style, it's only ramped up. I really hope that in the future that female K-pop artists can get as much exposure as male ones. Mm-hmm. You know, CL was supposed to have an English album and that didn't end up happening. Yeah. I'd say the girl group with the most clout in the U.S. right now, and even then, it's not even close to BTS, is Blackpink. They're just not as well known, not even close. They have, like, stuff at Target. Super M also has stuff at Target, but Super M was created with the intent specifically for Western markets. Yeah. But, yeah, I saw these cute little blind box Blackpink things. I was like, oh, that's cute. They're the Spice Girls for the kids nowadays. hmm <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But they are not anywhere near global popularity. So, Emily, I guess the only thing we have left to talk about is what are your hopes for K-pop for the future? As a geriatric K-pop stan, I really hope that older artists continue to release music, are continually showcased for their talents, can have long and successful careers, because I cannot keep watching (laughs) 14-year-olds. I would say my number one hope and wish for K-pop, that some legislation is passed in South Korea that prevents the abuse that is happening for a lot of K-pop members for that to stop, for 12-hour workdays, 14-hour workdays, 18-hour workdays to stop, and for strict regulation of diet and not giving them food to eat. I hope that stops. There has been some legislation in South Korea about working hours, but I really hope that more gets passed. Companies have such restrictive weight policies Mm -hmm. that are not healthy. No. I just want better working conditions for these people because this is their whole life. This is what they dedicate all their time to, and they need to be paid. Mm -hmm. Idols in training should be paid for their time and effort. 
Mm-hmm. Not as much as like someone who's debuted and earning return on investment, but of course, but they should still be getting compensated for what they're doing. It shouldn't be an unpaid internship. Yeah, just the working hours and the unsafe conditions. Like one of the groups we used to listen to all the time, like Ladies Code. Most of them died in a car accident, and that is the saddest thing that we have ever reported on this of being an accident anyways and there have been k-pop members over the past few years that have taken their own lives because of the stress and that just shouldn't be a thing that's happening so if you ever see any legislation coming out there please support it support it as hard as you support your k-pop groups because they have been through it Mm -hmm. and these new groups are continuing to go through it just to provide entertainment for us. So please, let's do our best to support them. That is my hope for the future, that less abuse happens. No abuse happening would be ideal. So wow, 10 years. Can you believe it? Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. It's also like 11 years of friendship too. I know. So. I know. Yeah. K-pop has been, always been there with our friendship. Yes. The glue holding us together. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the only thing, but of course, sure. Of course not, but <laughs> it definitely helps to have something that we're both very passionate about. Yes. Happy 200 episodes, Rachel. I can't believe it's been 200 episodes. I know. We're here, we're queer, and we're listening to K-pop. Let's end this with our weekly K-pop recommendations. My weekly K-pop recommendation is Extra by Alexa. My weekly K-pop recommendation is going to be G by SNSD. Thank you so much for listening to 200 episodes. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can check us out on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. Watch some of our videos on YouTube under our channel name, Soulmates Podcast. You can find this program pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Wherever you're listening right now, make sure you subscribe, you follow, you like, you do whatever you need to do, because we are here for you on Fridays. Bye! Bye!